0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today we are doing a QA and a concerning the sermon I recently preached about baptism. And we've gotten a lot of really good questions that came out of that sermon. And so I just want to dive in and address some of these. Um, and hopefully this will be helpful to those asking and those listening in as well. First question. Why did you use the term symbol to describe baptism instead of sacrament? Well, I think there's probably a couple reasons why I use the term that baptism is a symbol and I never referred to it as a sacrament. Um, Number one, there are people with a a Roman Catholic background, capital C Catholic, where there's a very, very different view and with the specifically um, baptism and the baptism of babies in the Catholic church, they believe that baptism actually accomplishes regeneration. So if you get baptized, that means you are saved. Um, It's apart from faith. So simply doing it, even if there's no faith on the part of the one receiving baptism, like a baby, they're still saved. And So they call it a sacrament, and I I just wouldn't want to um, have there be any confusion about that by using that word. Another reason is probably more pragmatic, just that the word sacrament, we don't use that very much in our modern language, um, and baptism really is a symbol. Um, It's a profound symbol. And I, so I just use that word because I, I feel like it gets to the heart of what is happening. Now, there's a lot of debate about the Lord's Supper, about baptism uh, throughout church history in terms of what does it actually do and and probably more of a raging debate. Well, I don't know. You could probably create a, a baptism debate, maybe just as raging but or come up with examples historically. but what's important is that we understand that faith precedes baptism and faith should precede the Lord's supper. So there's, there is, um, there's a lot that we could say about this and a lot that has been said historically, but that's the big thing we want you to to remember. Um, sometimes when you talk about sacraments, there can, that can lead to a more complicated, discussion and that can conjure up thoughts that connect to debates in church history. And I was just trying to avoid that um, is probably the best way I could say that. Second question um if baptized as a child and not fully understanding the significance of baptism, should an adult be re-baptized? So I think what this is getting at is if you were baptized as a baby, obviously um babies are not conscious, they they don't participate in faith comes by hearing. Um, they don't have the faculties to hear and understand the gospel at eight weeks of age, for example. And so if that was my experience, uh, should I be rebaptized as an adult? And I think there's, there's complicated way to answer this. Um, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. So I think what we would say is maybe. Maybe. Now on the one hand, I went to a seminary that teaches infant baptism, and there's a theological case to be made for infant baptism that I'm just not persuaded by and I won't take the time to unpack all that right now. But we have brothers and sisters that love the love the Lord and and have all the same convictions as we do, Um, but might disagree with us on baptism and some of my theological heroes, um, men that have shaped me, um, in, in very, very significant ways when it comes to my formation as a Christian or as a pastor. And so it seems kind of strange that if they, uh, maintain the belief in infant baptism, that they would be barred from membership of our church. So we know that this is like a a secondary issue. It's it's not primary. Um, It's not the basis for your assurance of salvation or anything like that. But if you don't have a really worked out theology of baptism, um, we might say maybe you should consider getting rebaptized just out of obedience. Um, give us the chance to convince you. Hopefully, I convinced you last week in our sermon that baptism happens as a response to faith in Jesus, turning from sin and trusting Jesus. And so, if you know that that when you were a baby that didn't happen, um, and you were baptized, maybe you should get rebaptized as an adult. Now, because this is a secondary or maybe tertiary issue. This isn't something that we're going to probably enforce in the sense of church discipline. Um, primary issues um, are, are related to church discipline, probably. Or blatant sin issues are, of course, related to ju- uh, church discipline. But a question to consider is is why not? Why not consider it and and participate in the blessing that it is? um there may be some reasons uh we'll leave that to your conscience um but i think the best answer we could say is is maybe and um be persuaded of a, the doctrine of baptism that we teach and and if 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 you um can't come up with a great reason not to get baptized, rebaptized or baptized correctly um what we would say then why not why not do it and um But, but again, we're not going to make that something that we're going to um, push really hard for and put it in the category of like obedience or disobedience. Next question, Uh, infant baptism, yes or no, why or why not? And I said this on Sunday, uh, of course, we're we're not persuaded that infant baptism is the right way to understand the scriptures. It's, um, it's blatantly obvious that uh, faith is supposed to precede baptism and infants uh, don't exhibit um, saving faith. That doesn't mean that if an infant dies that they go to hell. Um, That's a different question that we could address some other time. Um, But we don't believe that uh, it's appropriate to baptize people before they make a profession of faith, before they recognize their sin and turn from it and turn and trust Jesus. That seems to be the pattern in the book of Acts. There is... I know a case to be made for infant baptism. Uh, I'm not persuaded of it. We could talk about that another time. What exactly is the case for infant baptism and um, and why we're not persuaded. And I could, if anybody's interested in that, I could point you to some resources on that. Next question, what are the qualifications for who should baptize someone and in what format? Does it have to be done in a church? Does it have to be done with a pastor? Well, the Bible does not say um, that this is how you have to be baptized. Uh, it seems that there were leaders of the church involved. Um, and it seems in the scriptures that, uh, like Paul baptized people and different other leaders were baptizing people, but the Bible doesn't explicitly say this is the details of how to get baptized. That being said, this might be in the category of wisdom or just putting other thoughts together and thinking about, well, what's what's best here? And again, it's not necessarily sinning or not sinning or obedience and disobedience, but just maybe the pathway of wisdom. And that is this, if if baptism is supposed to happen after faith, confession of faith, turning from sin and trusting Jesus, um, and that's kind of the entrance point of, of, of joining the church, of making the public declaration that I'm united to Jesus now, uh, and I'm going to be a part of this church. It would make sense that the baptism happens with those people. It'd be like getting married, but like not having your family invited. Um, and so since baptism is the entrance point into the church, into the faith and thus into the church, um, it would just make sense that the church is involved. And uh, at our church, we, we want to have pastors doing the baptisms. Um, that doesn't mean that there's other ways we, we couldn't do it. But I, I just don't like the idea of like going off and getting baptized in a small group of people that don't go to your church in a lake somewhere. Um, th- is it a sin? Maybe not. Probably not. But is it best? Probably not, you know, because of the doctrine of the local church and the importance of um, entering that community and then stating in front of that community, community. And then knowing that as I declare this to this community, uh, I'm going to be accountable to them and they're accountable to me. And we're doing this together. It's a, it's a sign of unity. And that's another thing that, that, that Paul talks about in his letters is that baptism is a symbol of our unity. We've all been baptized into Christ Jesus, meaning like we all have Jesus stamped over our, our, um, Jesus is like stamped on our, our passport or Jesus is stamped on our driver's license or Jesus, we all have the Jesus tattoo, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, that's a, it's a sign of our unity. We've all experienced that baptism. And so, um, does it have to be done in the church? Maybe not, but should it probably, uh, that's what I'd say about that. And then, um, why do we say that before communion, that one should be baptized? This is something that we've talked about as elders and something that um, you know we've just started doing recently, making that statement kind of clear in our um, intro to the to the Lord's Supper. We say, uh, if you've trusted in Jesus, turn from your sin, and and cast yourself on the mercy of Jesus, and been baptized, uh, we welcome you to come. And you might be wondering, like, why do we say that language now? Um, and, and there's a lot we could say there. One of the things we would maybe underscore is if you've neglected the command of Jesus to be baptized, um, why would you want to partake in the Lord's Supper? It's kind of like a, an inconsistent picking and choosing might be a way to say it. Like I want to participate in the Lord's Supper um, because he commanded it, but I don't want to get baptized even though he commanded it. So why partake in one sacrament or why partake in one profound symbol that Jesus has given, but not the other? Um, And so I don't think you need to like have a a really heavy heart if you've taken the Lord's Supper on repeat without being baptized. But I think the point is like, um, get baptized, get, get baptized. Um, So Yeah. Another thing to say is like scripturally speaking, there, there just isn't really a category for unbaptized believer. Um, I guess you could make the exception of the thief on the cross. Um, but you know, the thief on the cross is, is not, um, probably a normative thing and it's, it's, it would be dangerous to make the thief on the cross the example for the Christian life. Um, it's a great, beautiful example of the mercy of Jesus. But just because Jesus is merciful, does that mean that we should just ignore what he says about baptism and the Lord's Supper? Well, of course not. Um, so for, you know, like the, the thief on the cross could be your excuse to like get away with a lot of things in the Christian life. Um, I don't think that's really the point of why that's recorded in the Bible. It's, it's recorded there to show the deep mercy of God. But Romans six always also says, you know, should we, should we take basically the, my translation would be, should we take the grace of God for granted so that we can go on doing whatever we want? That's sinful. Um, no. So, um, I think that's, that's something that, that we've just been persuaded of as elders. That, um, baptism is the, the entry initiation, rite Of, of the Christian life and the Lord's table is the continuation right of that or 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 symbol of that? Um, I would say maybe another way simpler way to say it would be the entrance uh, to the Christian life is symbolized through baptism and the continuing in the Christian life is the symbol of the Lord's Supper. So we're saying that before the Lord's table just because we want to emphasize um, the goodness of what Jesus commanded when he commanded us to, make disciples and baptizing and teaching. Um, it's a really important part. Now we could get in the in the weeds with, well, what if I was um, sprinkled or what if I was, because different traditions do different things when it comes to baptism. And I'm not sure that's necessarily um, what we need to get into right now. We could talk about that more in person if you would like. But the point is uh, be baptized, be, participate in that symbol. Uh, it's really important. And that's why we say that before uh the Lord's supper. That's all the questions we had stemming from the sermon last week on baptism, but like you know, um we're all available, as elders were available, city groups are available. Um leaders are around all the time and there's lots of ways to contact leaders via Slack, in person, email. And so we want to be a place that's always open to questions. And so we welcome questions. Um, we will never like shout you down for a question. We want to be a, a culture that celebrates um, questions. And if you're struggling with something to understand, uh, we want to have patience for that, and we want to engage that. And so, thanks for questions, and I hope this, hopefully this will be helpful and continue us all on our faith journey together.